Welcome to Fresh Take, your favorite weekly podcast that delivers a healthy dose of information pertaining to healthy lifestyles, organic and sustainable agriculture, and numerous topics related to the environment. Thanks for tuning in. Our industry experts are here to provide you with a fresh take on topics that can help you optimize your lifestyle and well-being. Fresh Take. On today's episode, we will be discussing the murder hornet, also known as Asian giant hornet, or yet another fun part of 2020. On today's episode, we have expert Amy Vu from the Honey Bee Research Lab and Extension Office. We also have Dr. Juan Carlos Rodriguez with us as well. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right. So Amy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved um, with working for the Honeybee Research Lab? Yeah. So it's actually funny. I don't really have a background in honeybees. I was born and raised in Kansas and I did my undergraduate degree from Kansas State University in agronomy, which is the study of food production and soils and environmental science. And after that, you know, I kind of had decided that I really just wanted to feed the world. You know, that's what I wanted to do. So anything that had to do with you know, feeding the world. That's just what I wanted to do. And I really loved education. So what I ended up doing for my master's degree was going over to Blacksburg, Virginia, was at Virginia Tech. And I did my master's degree in agriculture, education and communications. So really, you know, I have, again, didn't really have background in honeybees at the time. But while I was in grad school, uh, seven of my friends and I decided, you know, we really want to start keeping bees. It sounds like kind of a fun hobby. And so that was about six or seven years ago. And since then, you know, I'd moved down to Florida for a a position in Orlando. So I was working for the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences as an extension agent down there. And and I was teaching beekeeping classes. Um, You know, the rest is kind of history. And and so, you know, since then I moved on and I'm here at the University of Florida Honeybee Research and Extension Laboratory. And what I do is the extension outreach. So I do a lot of the coordination of our tours, of our programs and, and doing things like podcasts, answer questions for the public. Amazing. And uh, JC, I know you have a little bit of a background um, in beekeeping as well from mm-hmm. Bee College. Do you want to touch on that a little bit? Absolutely. And listening to Amy, she and I, I think, share some similar experiences and sort of background and interests. I'm also really passionate about education. And, you know, I had the uh, fortune to attend a uh, agricultural college in uh, Honduras, where I'm from. And it's a really interesting you know, place because it's a very hands-on college. And that's where I got introduced to beekeeping. And we work with Africanized bees. To a lot of people, when we first got exposed to it, this is sort of a scary thing because talking about you know, the hornets right now, uh, as many people probably know, we refer to Africanized bees as uh, killer bees. And so that was sort of scary when we were first having to enter the labs and, and the places where we kept the hives. And the instructor would say to people, is anybody here allergic would be one of the questions. And then as in, you know, how many of you are scared of bees? And of course, you're in the field around these hives and bees are <laughs> swarming all over you. And even though you have all the protection he said, well, still scared. <laughs> it's, you're still scared. And so it's sort of something that, that it can be sort of overwhelming even. But he says, no, you just got to be careful and 
he would always do one thing with someone. He says, if anyone would like to see and feel what it's like to have all these bees, you know, on you, he, somebody would raise their hand. He would go in, into the hive and grab the queen and he would put it on someone's, you know, shirt. And then all of a sudden, all these bees go <laughs> and then right on the, on the queen. And this is probably people that, you know, those listeners have ever seen how they make, you know, someone have a, you know, a beard of uh, bees on them or just all around them. Well, there's a queen probably right under all of those bees. And right. that's because that's what they're doing. They're protecting it. So that was kind of my fun experience to it. But, you know, learn all about bees and, and their behavior and this uh, sort of um, bad reputation that Africanized bees were getting in terms of being killer bees. We learned that it really wasn't, you know, the hype wasn't as bad when it came to the Africanized bees. There's a lot of stuff that we can say about that. But, but I'm sort of wondering, Amy, and I know that there's really very little information that we know of the hornet, at the Asian hornet right now, but do you feel that that could be maybe something that also right now is the, uh, sort of a bad reputation that they might be getting? Yeah, I mean, I guess when, when you say killer and murder, right, it makes you automatically, people get scared. Of Absolutely. And right, rightfully so. I, I definitely agree that that's, it's kind of a, I guess, I, it's just a kind of negative terminology, right, towards something. And so I definitely understand when people, you know, are afraid of hearing murder or killer. But also, I guess I could say that it's probably a good thing because it's, it's, we've been able to raise awareness of pollinators. And so, you know, to, to kind of name something a murder hornet or killer bees, even though people are afraid, I think maybe it, it kind of gives attention to all the other great pollinators out there. So I think it's really our job, you know, to make sure that we're sharing the information and, and trying to calm everyone down. I feel like that's something that I, I've been constantly saying with the, the murder hornets, like, it's okay, calm down, it's fine. We're okay. We'll, we'll survive. I mean, we all kind of have made light of and made a joke of with just the way that, that this year has gone thus far with COVID and some other things that have happened during this year. And then all of a sudden it's, wait, what? There's a murder hornet. <laughs> and One of the things that I do feel the, the labels or, or perhaps as we're starting to learn more about the hornets, I do think it's very important for people to realize that they can be, you know, somewhat problematic for a certain number of people. Um, in my experience working with honeybees and other pollinators that some people when they get stung you know they can react a certain way that not you know everybody in the population does necessarily because they're maybe not allergic i remember sure. some friends in our beekeeping course that they would get stung sometimes in the face somehow the bee would get under the veil and they would get and you could not recognize them later. They might have even gotten as little as two or three stungs or, or bees, you know, stinging them, but it was just a reaction that could be problematic for some people. So I, I'm sure that with the wasp or fire ants even, there's some people in the population that do have, you know, these really bad allergic reactions. Mm-hmm. And they do have to be careful and aware. Have you had any experience or what would you recommend as we talk about the hornets and, and uh, for people to really be mindful and watchful of. 
Yeah, I guess, you know, again, like what you were saying, JC, was basically everyone has a different reaction to any stinging insect, you know, whether that be a wasp, a bee, a fire ant, you know, whatever that is. And so I guess the first recommendation we have for any interacting with any stinging insect is is just to keep your distance. You know, we always want to try to keep our distance as much as possible. Um, As far as the Asian giant hornet goes, there are actually two different hornets that that can be problematic and so some people get them confused sometimes and so the there's the asian giant hornet which is vespa mandarinia that's the scientific name of it and then there's the the asian hornet which is vespa velutina or velutina you know depending on on your latin and so there are two different types of of asian hornets that that beekeepers tend to steer away from and that we're looking at so i think what you know, we're talking about here as far as the murder hornet goes is the Asian giant hornet, which is the Vespa mandarinia. So the Vespa velutina is not currently United States. It has not been sighted in North America at all. So the Asian giant hornet, the Vespa mandarinia, that's the one that, you know, kind of made the news and is, is coined the murder hornet. Mm-hmm. And, and where was it first spotted? Yeah, so the the actual hornet is native to Japan. It can be found throughout the entire United States. It came over here actually at the end of 2019. So mm-hmm. it's kind of funny because as soon as we heard it on the news, when was that? Was it March or April? It was March. It was, yeah, yeah. It was March. It was, like it was right when we kind of peaked with the whole COVID-19. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was fun, right? Right. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, so it, we had actually, it had been cited and confirmed the species was in 2019. And and there was a press release that went out and we all did see it. We were kind of expecting, you know, calls to come in from the media and, and we didn't really hear anything. And so we were like, all right, well, you know, we'll see. And of course, it was only found in a very small area of Washington State. Um, and, and of course, Washington State went through their winter. So, you know, there wasn't going to be a lot of activity during that time anyway. So I think what maybe happened, you know, as far as it coming up into the news it, in March, April, was probably that, you know, that we were kind of coming out of winter, going into spring, you know, and, and the insects were kind of coming alive and, and waking up again. And so that's probably why it, it had come in, but it was, it was found in 2019. There were two separate specimens that were found in Washington state. Both, both of them were dead when they were found. Um, and so, yeah. Any theories on how it got introduced? Yeah, so they're not 100% sure as far as how it got over here. It, the theory is that they arrived through cargo ship. There was probably mm-hmm. a fertile queen that had maybe, you know, been hibernating and mm-hmm. got onto our cargo ship, came over. Um, it was actually first found in British Columbia, mm-hmm. and then it was found pretty close by in Washington State after mm-hmm. that. It, isn't it funny? I say funny because uh, it, a lot of the introduced species typically do come in through cargo you know, whether it be the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, you know, termites, some, some species of termites might have come into the U.S. through cargo shipments, including maybe even the fire ant, I think mm-hmm. was something that everybody who lives in Florida and the places in the South and maybe across the U.S., you know, deal with fire ants, especially if you're out, outside in your, uh, in your yard. The bees, uh, Africanized bees, you know, from Brazil, they ex- escape a lab, I think, and then somehow those might have not been coming in through, you know, cargo, but they just, you know, travel. And then obviously now they're, you know, pretty much everywhere. So do you also have any tips on how people can, because you mentioned about the species can maybe identify the hornets? 
Yeah. So it's, I always kind of joke around about this too, because I think people, have you guys seen Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Yes. You know, like the golden ticket. I feel like yeah. everyone after the media came out decided that they had found this, yes. you know, Asian giant hornet. <laughs> yeah. And so everyone was saying, you know, I found it, I found it, or it's been here for, you know, for 10 years or, or whatever. And right. so, you know, the best thing that people can really do is to, if they do feel like they've seen it, they can take a picture of it mm -hmm. and that's going to be their best bet. Mm -hmm. There are lots of hornets out there that look a lot like the Asian giant hornet. And, mm -hmm. and I think we were talking about this earlier, but as far as, you know, people who see a stinging insect, you know, all you're really going to see is a big stinging insect, right? So <laughs> right. Um, the, the Washington State Department of Agriculture has really put together some good fact sheets of comparison, you know, like a comparison fact sheet to show the different sizes of the Asian giant hornet, the Vespa mandarinia compared to, let's say, a, a bald face hornet or a cicada killer or a honeybee. And so mm -hmm. um, the Washington State Department of Agriculture has actually done a really great job, you know, doing with their outreach uh, to share with everyone what to look for, I guess, when they do see some sort of insect, whether it's alive or whether it's dead. Mm -hmm. And not to make light of it at all, but I um, am allergic to bees and hornets. I have a, a really bad allergy. So I have an EpiPen that I keep wow. uh, with me in situations. Mm -hmm where I, I could pretend I've got one in my glove compartment, actually in my vehicle and I keep one in my purse. But um, so to me, they're all murder. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not to make light of it, but with this situation, how would people deal with like, if they were to get stung by it, like how does the venom different? Does it affect you any differently? Are there any different effects or things that people should know that would make this any different than any other uh, sting or bite for people that have this out that people that have allergies or people that don't? Sure. And, and what JC was talking about, it, it ultimately just depends on your reaction. You know, it, it's not that the sting is any different or that it, you know, has like this more powerful venom. You know, of course, the difference between honeybees and, and hornets are that hornets can can sting repeatedly. They have the mm -hmm. potential to sting repeatedly. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and a honeybee will sting once and then it and dies. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I guess we have to take that into consideration, you know, but as far as the Asian giant hornet compared to any other different hornet or wasp, you know, it's really just going to depend on, on each individual person's reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Now, Amy, in a, in, before you were saying that the, there was a sighting in Washington state, but in preparation for just this episode and just my own curiosity, um, I started pulling up and reading articles and watching YouTube videos and was seeing a link or a tie to these to California and saw that they were having um, a direct effect on apiaries in California. Have you heard anything on this or read anything on this? No, I have not heard that. So I'm interested to see where you saw that because the states have been actually pretty good at putting out immediate press releases. I will say, you guys are the first people I'm telling this to, is they did find another specimen in 2020. It was a dead specimen, but they did do a press release just last week on it. I also, in doing what we do with Florida Organic Growers, wanted to know if there was a direct effect on agriculture. And so when you see that and you pull up, you know, is there any effect on that they're having on agriculture? The first thing that popped up was apiaries. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that makes sense. So I just started reading um, what was available and what was published. And of course, you know, not every site is credible and not every, <laughs> you can't believe everything that you read, even if it comes from Google. Um, <laughs> but yes, that was, like I said, one of the first things that I saw. And it was just explaining that if one or two of these hornets were to get into a hive, that they could wipe out the entire hive within a matter of hours. Yes. Yeah, so that's true. 
they do have the tendency to go through, but I will say that they also prey on a lot of other insects as well. So it's not just honeybees. Um, The reason we are worried about them, you know, wiping out honeybee populations is because they are managed here. So they do eat and feed on other insects besides honeybees. As far as honeybees and managed colonies in the United States, there have not been anything linked straight to the hornet. And and I think to that point, obviously, when we do have a species that has been introduced and that is new, they're not going to have a lot of natural enemies. And they themselves, I mean, the the pest in this particular case, if the wasp could be, you know, called a pest now, is, you know, the harm that they can really cause on beneficial, you know, insects, for instance, if they're preying on them, especially if we're talking about pollinators, as we know, those that are involved in, you know, in, in agriculture is that farmers depend on honeybees and other pollinators to produce their crops. So mm-hmm. that can obviously be extremely important for us to determine in the entomologists like Amy working on and really determine whether that is the case or not. Yeah. And, and back to what you're saying, Jessica, about agriculture, you know, we we do have a lot of managed honeybees here in the state of Florida. So we, we actually have almost 5,000 registered beekeepers just within our state. And then we have about, let's see, 630,000 or so registered colonies from those four, you know, almost 5,000 beekeepers. A very small percentage of that are commercial beekeepers. And their, you know, their primary job is to, to migrate and bring their honeybees all around the nation mm-hmm. and, you know, within our state to, to help with pollination purposes. Mm-hmm. I guess for all of the people out there that are really worried that this is going to be the next thing that puts us on quarantine, there's nothing to worry about there. It sounds like this is, like I said, there's only been a couple of sightings and it's not anything that we have to worry about coming in and taking over and being a huge threat uh, to us as as humans uh, or even on agriculture right now. Is there anything else, Amy, that you feel like our listeners should know in general just about the species or just safety precautions or any, anything like that that you can tell our listeners? Yeah, so everyone is should be at the forefront of looking for this insect. I wouldn't say to go out and start killing hornets no. or wasps or anything like that, you know, because we definitely don't want to do that since we do have a lot of beneficial insects that are out there. So, you know, the best thing that someone can do if they think that they've seen it is try to get a photo of it. That's going to be, you know, your best bet is to take a photo and then report it to the Department of Agriculture. So the Florida Department of Agriculture, they're the ones that are really taking in all the calls as far as people, you know, who are wanting to submit samples. But, you know, just calling in and saying, I found it without you know, a picture without letting you know or letting us know where you are doesn't really help us find it. So, you know, we don't definitely don't want anyone to get, you know, put themselves in danger. So if they think they see it, we don't want them to try to catch it. We don't want them to try to kill it, but just, you know, see if you can find a photo of it. That's really been, you know, the specimens that were found in Washington were found from people who were just walking down the side of the road and they saw, you know, they saw a dead specimen on the side of the road and they took it, took a picture of it, sent in the sample, and that was how they were able to confirm it um, in Washington state. As far as the, uh, the calls, as, as you were saying, and here in Florida calling the uh, Florida Department of um, Agriculture and Consumer Services, uh, is the divisional plant industry the one uh, that would directly get that eventually that mm-hmm. information? Mm-hmm. I think there's a website that they have on their direct page where mm-hmm. you can actually upload the photo there. Uh-huh. They also have a hotline. And what about as far as, you know, your work? Because I'm, I'm assuming that you're probably getting some of those calls anyways because of your, the nature of your job. Is that also the case or if people, some other listeners had some questions about 
wasp and, and honeybees and sort of some of these species, can they contact you as well? Yeah, that would be fine. So our website is www.ufhoneybee.com. We usually work specifically with managed honeybees. You know, when people are finding feral colonies outside and they're wanting to get them either removed or, you know, they just want someone to come out and, and grab their bees, they'll usually contact me. We also have a huge entomology department. So we have a professor named Dr. Lyle Buss, and he is very good. He's our insect ID person. Mm -hmm. So typically when people will send me samples or pictures of samples, if I don't know what it is, I'll just, you know, forward it to him and they can get back to him. So we have lots of different resources, especially here in Gainesville. So, you know, anyone can email us and contact us. We try to share as much information and resources as we can. Yeah. And, and I think the same goes for us, for organic growers. I am not an entomologist myself. Uh, you know, my background is in horticulture, but I do answer a lot of calls from people that are interested in either, you know, growing an organic garden or for farmers to, you know, certify their farms. And my knowledge in honeybees and, and beneficial insects comes just from sort of being passionate about it. And, and sometimes I do have these conversations with folks, so, but I do encourage Again, my listeners, if you listen to this episode and have more questions about this sort of thing, you can also also contact us at Organic because we would love to help you. And if we don't have the answers to your questions, we can direct them to people like Amy or put you in contact with the experts as well. You can find this episode uh, as well as a Save the Bee episode that we did on our podcast page, which is our our Fresh Take page uh, within the Florida Organic Growers website. If you have any other questions, like I said, please reach out to us and let us know or reach out to Amy. I'm sure she'll be glad to answer any questions you may have as well. Uh, Amy, we thank you so much for being with us today and clearing up some of the rumors and the worry. Like I said, I think that when people don't know, um, it does definitely raise suspicion and and cause fear. And like I said, with everything else going on, just like I said, with the COVID that's had an effect on agriculture and our food systems to, to think or to worry that something else may come along that'll have that same effect is kind of scary as well. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you letting us know that this is, you know, yes, this is real. <laughs> yes, there have been sightings, but this is not something that we need to walk outside and worry about every time we exit our doors, that we're, we're safe from this. And like I said, and if people do think that they see some, you know, safely take a picture, but don't put yourself in a situation to get stung by any means to try to do that. Like I said, I thank you so much for being here and presenting this information. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. JC, it's always a pleasure to have you on board. Thank you. And this has been your Fresh Take. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as we did. As many of you already know, FOG is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. We would really appreciate your support. 